This is the Let's Talk About It podcast. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Let's Talk About It podcast, where we drop a brand new episode every first and third Friday of the month. With me, I have, as always, my PIC, my partner in crime, oh. <laughs> my lover, the honey baby boo-boo, a.k.a. the wifey. What's up, Judy? Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm going to go ahead and say it because I know you don't care, but I do. But at the time of this recording, we were only like oh, a couple God. days away from your birthday. So, Judy, all about happy birthday. So, I'm pretty sure you have that sound as well. I actually don't. I've been looking for that sound. I need to get okay. that sound. And I just also realized anytime I intro the uh, podcast, I never say any of the stuff that you just said. You don't about. have to. That's all right. You know, I never say like, oh, yeah, we drop an episode every first Thursday slash Friday <laughs> and third Thursday. I haven't okay. been saying Thursday because I've been going back to just pure Fridays. That's why. Okay. Yeah. So, but all good. How are you? I'm doing good. I was... um. Looking at your shirt, and I said, like, "Man, that's a nice shirt." Then I realized, like, I helped create that shirt. You did. So now that we're on it, go ahead, go ahead and describe the shirt because some people might be listening instead of viewing. But go ahead and describe what's on it, and then talk about the bigger purpose behind it. Yes, it is black, midnight black, but through the light comes pictures. The picture is a bear and a lion, and down the middle it says, "For such." A time is this. How's like that two-faced <laughs> reaction? <laughs> no, um, so yeah, it's it's a black and white T-shirt, you guys, with um, a bear and a lion, and it it does say for such a time as this. So we created this with the help of our friend Laura um, for our trip. So initially, when I first started, I thought I knew what I wanted the design to look like. Um, and it's gone through a lot of metamorphosis since then. So in the beginning of the year, whenever I found out about a trip to Nepal, I felt like the Lord really impressed the verse um, for such a time as this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just me, you know, like reading into something or whatever. But everywhere I went, I kept seeing it for such a time as this, for such a time as this, for such a time as this. And I'm just like, I think this is my verse for mm-hmm. like, this trip you know like perhaps like all the planning and preparation for the past year and like the processes that i've been going through even with the lord maybe it's for such a time as this and it is in this moment that he will reveal you know like the greater purpose or like the next step even Mm -hmm. so like i really hung on to that and um i had a good friend lisa create the first thing and like we kind of handed it off to laura and as I was working with Laura, I was reminded of the story of David, um, King David, for when he was out in the field, you mm-hmm. know? <clears throat> and, um, like, he would fight, you know, bears and lions. And I'm sure, like, I had a moment where I'm just like, man, I'm sure when he was out in the field, he was just like, what is the point of this? Mm. What, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just out here with no other friends. Like, I'm kind of by myself. And I'm out here fighting bears and lions and everything. And I'm just like, and in that moment, I was reminded, it's just like, but it was for such a time as this, he was being prepared for what was to come next, mm-hmm. right? Of being able to fight Goliath and just being a king and being a great warrior, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I was like, okay, so got the face of the lion and the bear on there, just like, hey, like, 
for the seasons of your life where it feels like, man, w- what is the purpose of this? It just feels like I'm out here kind of by myself with really no friends, no one to talk to, and I'm out here fighting these things. And just as a reminder of like, hey, perhaps God's plan is greater and there is for such a time as this, even for you as you're fighting your battles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love. Yeah. So it's and the link is liveish. Okay. Liveish. Um, I'm having her fix just a small little thing on the sweatshirt because it comes in a T-shirt and a sweatshirt. Yes. Um, So I'm having her tweak just a little thing on the sweatshirt after that. We're good to go, yeah. um, and then we can post the link. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So be on the lookout for that, y'all. So the link might not be in the description of this episode, but don't worry. We will do, like, a little promo, fun vid, but it's uh, it's coming out, y'all. All right? So, yeah. yeah. Th- I actually think, one, thank you for not just sharing that story. I kind of feel like this is the season that you and I are, are both in right now. Yeah. And um, so I kind of just wanted to stay here for a little bit. Again, we, I know I kind of made a joke out of it, but at the same time, I'm thankful for obviously another year of your life. Um, and I feel like the last couple years, the Lord has really just been um, continuing to show more and more of just, not just who he is as <laughs> God to us, but also just continuing to show who he is specifically to us as individuals. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I just kind of want to sit here for a little bit. And then we had our, in, in the last three weeks since we since our last recording, we hit our one year here in Texas. I was just all like, we had... <laughs> No, we've been together longer than one year. <laughs> I was like, first of all, our anniversary is in November. <laughs> but, um, but, I don't know, just as you hit another year of life, and as we hit another year or our first year together in Texas, I kind of just want to stay here. What, when you kind of reflect on maybe the past year whether of you know your life itself or just life in texas how has that been for you and uh, maybe i can go first um because i i've been in a very emotional state the past couple weeks yeah but i mean that in a good way Uh, i mean we had worship uh you know yesterday during just regular service and i just found myself just literally on my knees before the lord during worship and i i noticed uh Anytime, anytime there's a song that says holy, holy in it, mm-hmm. and you have to repeat it over and over again, I, I find myself physically down to my knees. Yeah. And if I'm not physically down on my knees, then like my heart is so overwhelmed because I'm just in awe of, the, I guess, the glory of the Lord. I feel like I'm falling in love with the Lord all over again. That's language you use in the past couple of weeks. So I know for me, I've just been in this big posture of just gratitude. Yeah thankfulness um because I'm, I'm i feel like i'm in this place right now where it's like i can't believe that i'm living life the way i am right yeah. now you know yeah i would agree 100 percent. it's uh the words i would probably use is overwhelming mm-hmm. but like overwhelming in a good sense mm-hmm. like of gratitude of just like i remember last week i had a moment i was like i can't believe this is my life Right? Like, I am surrounded by people I used to look up to, mm-hmm. and it's like a normal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're held higher and I'm just one of the lowly lows, you know? Um, so it's been overwhelming. And I was even thinking about it this past week, and I was just like, God, like, people are now 
um, recognizing, and this is not like a boast, like people are recognizing us, yeah, but you yeah. know, people are now recognizing us for what we do here. Mm-hmm. And when we started the podcast, it was never our intent to be like, oh, we want to have like this worldwide audience or any of that. We're just like, man, we're having these conversations. So let's put it out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so it's probably more of a recording of our life for us than mm-hmm. anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And now to like, I'll have people say, hey, you do that podcast. Right. And I'm just like, oh, like, I'm like, other people see this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it really is overwhelming. You know, one, because I'm like, man, I'm just so thankful that these folks are like willing to listen to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know what we have to say, um, and it also puts the burden of proof in a sense of just being like, okay, like if you're gonna say this, how are you living your life out? Mm-hmm. How are you presenting the gospel? Um, so overwhelming. Like I still have pinch me moments. Like mm. I'm just like, is this really my life? Mm-hmm. Like. Okay, sure. I'll take it, you know. Um, but it's been, yeah, the past year's been, it's been good. It's been a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I have slowly and steadily learned just how to surrender my life to Christ. And I think that's the biggest gift I've gotten this past year mm-hmm. is learning about surrender and just saying something like, oh, man, this should take over my thought process. And I'm not saying there's not things that overwhelm me still, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the minute it takes over, I'm like, oh, but I know God's promises, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I know what he promised me before we stepped out here. I know the things he's shown me. Like now, I don't know the timeline to that. That's probably the more frustrating part, right? Yeah. Is um, I don't know the timeline to the things that he said that he'll do, but I'm just like, it's not finished yet so like cool yeah i get to keep going for sure you know and just i don't know learning surrender has probably been the best for my health (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know yeah yeah before i keep going i gotta take a moment this light is like just hitting you at a certain way (laughs) am i super glossy and i'm just like like man my life is so hot like like you got the hair on the one side and it's like the, the eyes. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, having a moment. I'm going through um, a phase right now. So I go through phases, which is a well-known thing about me, you know, like I'll go through my, so I'm about to hit two years, no bleach on my hair. And now I'm just like, okay, like I'm going to embrace the curls. It's not going to last Keep very long. the curls. Like, just so you know, when I've taken photos of you and posted uh, i've had several friends of of our of the homies going jupy's hair oh my gosh it looks so good right. thank you They're, straighter hair is so much more easier to deal with especially when you're working out yeah but the curls are so much hotter oh. but thank you for real. no you look good okay so sorry off topic but uh was relevant to me um you said surrender has been the thing you've been learning what has that looked like for you like, and maybe the, maybe the, what I'm trying to ask is, because I have seen you grow so much. Mm-hmm. I've seen you grow, getting more in touch with yourself, getting more in touch with the Lord, and not just recognizing patterns in yourself, but the other thing is that, that I've also noticed with you is you're quicker to take 
those moments that maybe you don't like what it is that you're discovering or feeling, but you're quicker to not just acknowledge it, but bring it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just I, I'm asking for myself selfishly, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like for you? How how what has been taking place maybe on a daily basis, weekly basis, just a general spiritual basis on how's how does surrender look like yeah. in your life? What has helped you get there? What are things? What does that look like? Um. So one of the words that the Lord gave me last year was the word complete abandon, mm-hmm. you know, and it just kind of, kind of like for such a time as this, mm-hmm. it kind of kept popping up. Of, there may not be another sure not <laughs> Um So the word was complete abandon. And I just had this picture of me completely abandoning myself, who I am my selfish desires for the presence of God, right? So I'm like, man, if that's not where I am, then I don't want it. Mm. So anytime I have moments, like the little wild foxes in the vineyard moments, you know, um, I have to go back to that and that scripture where it says to take every thought captive and check it with the word of God. And if it doesn't check it and I'm just like... This isn't good. If it isn't good, it isn't God. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And also, if it's not God, then it's not done. Mm. So it's having to work through, like, literally reframing my mind. You know, uh, Craig Rochelle years ago did a series on reframing mm-hmm. your mind. And at the time, I didn't really get it. I was very um, caught up in my narratives Mm -hmm. you know um and and like now i get it like being away um and giving myself space to breathe and everything and you know and i do feel like there is this sense of whatever blockers i had like i've had to like i've had them removed so i am also hearing from god right a Mm -hmm. lot more clearly and i'm not questioning it as much you know whereas before i always questioned if i was capable of hearing from the lord and I'm like, mm, was that really from the Lord or was that me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like this one part over, um, like, solution. It's a um, layer situation when it comes to this. Yeah. And even, like, last week as we were driving into, you know, our main campus, I felt like the Lord was just all like, hey, you've wondered what you've done this past year, but do you remember where you were? mentally about a specific topic mm-hmm. in my life th- this past year mm-hmm. or like a year ago mm-hmm. to where you are now and he's like it took a year for me to you know, convince you to like <laughs> you know get back into the game of that and i'm like okay mm-hmm. okay but like knowing that he's affirming me and i am just really catching what I feel like, there's like this waterfall and I'm just catching drips of it. Like, I'm not even fully under the waterfall yet, you know? Mm. I'm like, and I'm just letting it settle on me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want it, you know? Or yeah. um, like, no, this isn't for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't like a simple, yeah. you know, answer. And it's truly like, I know I jokingly tell you, I'm just like, we just out here trusting the Lord or something. I was like, either we like really faithful or we're really stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it's learning to be like, either you can choose to trust God or you can take it upon yourself and worry yourself to death. Mm. And I've just gotten to a point where I'm just like, I've, I've done that. I've done the worrying part. I've done the Jesus, take the wheels. Let me be the co-captain. And he's like, no, you know, um, or then essentially the captain. Yeah, right. And it hasn't turned out well for me in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, from like being physically ill just to like spiritual life being trash, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I've seen the other end of it. So I'm just like, of course I'm going to choose. If this hasn't worked out, what's the harm in trying this? Mm -hmm. And this has proven itself to be true and complete. And I'm like, well, even when it gets hard, this is what I'm choosing then. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned actually a lot of things without even think you realized it. I would say the first one is the first thing that stuck out to me. There's no order to what I'm going to say, but you recognize that it took time. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) On one of them, a freaking whole year. And I'm just like, because I would tell my counselor, I'm like, what am I doing with my life right now? And she's just like, well. We're discovering that together, yeah. you know, but yes. So, so it sounds like you, you are learning to remove a timeline to what your version of quote unquote health or the promised land looks like. Yeah. And I will tell you that it's the hardest thing for me because when I initially look at stuff, mm-hmm. all I see is the timeline. Mm-hmm. And then in the same breath, I have to be like, but God, I have to trust you Mm -hmm. because you can do in five minutes what would take humankind a thousand years. Mm. And I constantly have like, that is one of my Achilles heels. I'm looking at the timeline like, God, I feel like time is passing. God, another year. Like, you know, this birthday came by and I'm like, another year. I'm getting closer and closer, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, and like in the same breath, I have to be like, man, but you serve the God of this universe. You know, I'm always reminded about that um, chamber that Goku trains in. Oh, that's a hyperbolic time <laughs> yeah. chamber. Yeah. And I'm just all like, okay, in God's hyperbolic time yeah. changer, ch- chamber. chamber yeah. Like, well, real so, quick, explain what that is because a lot of people. What's the name of the show? Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, yeah. yeah. So I watched Dragon Ball Z because I have an Come older on. brother. Let's go. And also because I was never allowed to have the remote. (laughs) (laughs) Great show. (laughs) But um, there is these heroes and there's like literally this spear slash room that you go into and you train in. And what is the timeline on that? So an hour in the hyperbolic time chamber Mm -hmm. is one minute out here. Yes. So if it's five minutes here, if all you have is five minutes in our world, if you go into the chamber, you actually get five hours. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an accelerator of training because it puts time on your side. Right. For you to, like you said, for the heroes to, to train to be their peak sales so they can against the villain. An actual war going on and they're like, where's Goku? You know, and they're like, fighting and everything (laughs) and things are blowing up and, you know, Goku's in the hyperbolic chamber and he's like training and training and he's in there for five hours getting the five hours worth of training and then when he comes out, he's only missed five minutes with the real world, right? Mm -hmm. And he's so much more better for the five hours that he's spending there and he comes in and he's like, ah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 
and like Piccolo. I was gonna say Pickle. Well, it started off with Piccolo. Yeah. You're right, and then he became a good guy, and then uh, Vegeta, and then Frieza. Yeah. yeah, and then he just goes crazy on them, and it's easy to look at the five hours and be like, okay, like this is taking really long, mm. but really, like in God's time frame, it's like okay, it's five minutes, and. I'm better off for the five hours I spend or the five years or the 500. I don't think I'll live that long. <laughs> um, but if I did, 500 years that yeah. I spent training and being formed and um, stripped and put back together by God. Yeah. Because when I do go into the war against my own Vegeta or my own Frieza, yeah, like yeah. I can go Kamehameha on them. <laughs> I love it so much. You would have known we were going to use a Dragon Ball Z reference. Who would have known, like, 11-year-old Juvie would have used, like, a Dragon Ball Z reference? Well, what I love, this is so good, because essentially what you're saying is you have and still are continuing to learn to submit your timeline <clears throat> to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, not just in spending time with them, but also submitting the idea of this is when I think I'm supposed to be here yeah. versus allowing the Lord to go, God, when do you want me here? Wh where do you want me? And, and where, when do you say I get to go there? Yeah. Talk about, I guess, the freedom you're finding in that. I know, of course, it's hard in the releasing, but as you have been, as you have released and as you continue to release, what I'm hearing is there's a there's the initial action of I have to make the, the intentional choice. And then there's the constant daily mm -hmm. action of I have to stay here. Mm -hmm. What's the freedom of that on the other side? Yeah. So it's kind of um, <clears throat> like when I was, oh my gosh, sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> when I was dealing with uh, depression really bad. And um, there was a moment and I was like, God, I've been battling this for a really long time. There's nothing really I can you know, like nothing seems to be changing. I feel like I'm praying, I'm fasting. I've been literally begging. And um, I was at a conference and they're like, hey, like if you need prayers for anything, like just come and pray, you know, or like have prayers. And I was like, and I'm, I'm at the point, I'm just like, what can this hurt? Mm -hmm. Like at this point, I've tried everything, right? So I go and I find a prayer partner and they pray over me and they're done. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I remember walking back to my seat very disappointed. And I'm just like, God, I feel no different. I feel zero difference. I still feel the same. And so I go and I find my seat and I'm um, standing there. And the Lord was like, Chuby, you can choose not to pick that up again. You can just lay it down today mm. and not pick that up. And I was all like, oh, okay. So the ball is in my court. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what I have to do with my timeline. It's when I'm tempted to pick it back up, I'm just like, ah, you got to trust the greater, you know, thing here. Mm -hmm. You got to trust that God is like, I think for me, it really comes down to that statement. I have to trust God is who he says he is, or I am literally wasting my time. Mm -hmm. Like everything else I do beyond that trust process, it really, to me personally, it's a waste of time. Then why am I going to church? Why am I reading? Mm -hmm. Why am I going through counseling? If God is not who he says he is, then this is all a colossal waste of time. And it, to me, it just falls into that of trusting. And I think for me, when I had a hard time letting go, it's because I couldn't trust God who is who he says he is. Not I think I know. 
like I just could not fathom that there is a God of this universe who loves me, who has the best plans for me, and that he will not let the story be wasted. I couldn't believe that. I'm just like, mm. mm-hmm. sounds good in theory. Mm-hmm. And it could, sounds good in like lifting my hand. Oh, yes, clip. Oh, yes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that God was who he said he is. Is that proper English? Probably not. Um, So because of that, I've decided I'm going to, you know, take, like, take my life into my own hand. And um, it's funny because I'm writing a sermon, Mm -hmm. which is like a talk that we have to do for our leadership course. And... um, I thought I was going to do one topic and like in the last couple of days, I feel like it's kind of like changed a little bit. Now I finally understand when pastors come to the pulpit and they say like, you know, I was so sad on preaching this sermon and, uh, but I felt like the Lord came and I'm just like, really? Like at the last minute, he just flipped the script on you, huh? And I feel like, like, the, like I, I get it now. I'm just like, okay, my, the topic is going like way different. I'm glad you bring this up because I was, I, I actually had, I was like, I'm going to ask you, but I'm glad you said, yeah. So please unpack the message you're going to, to give. Cause I think it is very relevant to then. I actually think I would argue because of everything you've gone from the past year, yeah, which is why I was trying to encourage you last time. I'm like, I don't think you need to. To, to swap it, but yeah. Well, my solution, ladies and gentlemen, because I, like, I don't know what it is when it comes to doing public speaking, specifically when it comes to the word of God. I literally want to puke my guts out. I don't know what it is. I can do public spe- speaking in most things, but when it comes to the word of God, I'm just like, what if I mess this up? What if I say something is in Revelations and it was in the book of Genesis? <laughs> I am so scared of leading people astray. And so my solution to Mark was, I think I'm going to call it sick. <laughs> it was. It really was. She's like, I think I'm just like the show. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. But honestly, I really do believe everything that, not just what we've talked about, up until this point, I think everything that you've experienced in the past year mm-hmm. is not so much just the source, but is heavily rooted in what you are going to talk about on Wednesday. So go ahead and share that. Sorry, with I'm, us. I'm pulling up my uh, Bible. Okay. Because I think it's Jeremiah 18. Okay. Yes, it is Jeremiah 18. So uh, God comes to Jeremiah and he says, hey, get up, go down to the potter's house. Um, not the church in Dallas, but the actual Potter's house. Um, and I will show you what it needs to be shown. So Jeremiah goes and there was a potter. He was working at his wheel, you know, which is the, "Mm, mm, 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 Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. That, um, and she was really looking for the opportunity to sing at some point in this episode. And, um, the, vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the um potter's hand there was other versions that says like the potter just didn't like what he was making Mm. and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do so um and then the word of the lord came O house of israel can i not do the same with you as this potter has done um Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom, that will pluck up and break down and destroy it. I'm just like, ooh, that gets heavy real quick. But essentially, um, 
what the Lord was like, what I had to do was I had to give God the opportunity to be like, hey, I don't like how this is being, but do I have the permission to come in and start all over again with you? Mm. Do I have the permission to give it a different shape? Do I have the permission to take the tools and cut off the excess? You're saying that's God approaching us with that manner. Right. Yeah. And up until probably a year ago, I really struggled with that. I really, like, in theory, it sounded good. And in theory, it's like, oh, yeah, God's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Like, mm-hmm. I am his vessel. Like, use me, pick me, choose me, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't mean it, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't till I got to a point where he was like, you can completely abandon yourself and follow me. You know, um, we're going through the chosen right now. And I just love when Jesus says, follow me, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it was just simply saying like, OK, like I've tried it my way tried in my way and it's not working out and it's been very like honestly full of heartaches right and disappointments and questioning a good god if he was good mm-hmm. and so i feel like the lord did to me what he did to jeremiah he's all like hey can i not reshape and restart with you mm. and i was like hmm at the time, I didn't realize it, mm-hmm. you know? I just thought it's just like, okay, you've tried it your way. You've done it your way. You've tried to find solutions and answers your way. Maybe it's time to just trust and just do mm-hmm. that the potter has mm-hmm. a greater um, plan, you know? and um, Than the one we have for yeah. ourselves. And then when I was sitting at um, church yesterday, the Lord was like, even when I'm done, it's not for you to admire and for you to be like, oh, look at me, a vase, put water in me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like, no, it, you were created so you can pour out and so that others can get a use out of you. Man. And I was all like, hmm, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the point where I have different endings for this topic, kind of like how uh, Dr. Ken. Yeah, Dr. Ken. Yeah, he was just like, I have an A, B, and a C, yeah. and I'm just all like, Lord, so do I. I have an A, B, and a C. I do want to finish, because uh, you also have, I mean, you kind of went through a little bit of the illustration. I want to come back to that, but I want to take a moment to unpack a lot of what you said in the form of a few questions. Essentially, a lot of what you shared, babe, the first thing I want to ask to people who are listening, and I'm asking to myself is, number one, do you trust God to be who he says he is? Do you trust him to be who he says he will be in your life? It's yeah. essential. That's one of the first questions you ask. And that, uh, another way of asking it is, and I just want to ask our listeners and people who are watching, do you, does God have permission to shape, paint, or change whatever he wants, yeah. however he wants, whenever he wants in your life, in every area of your life? That's essentially what you're presenting to us. That's yeah, a challenge you're bringing to us. you know, Pastor Robert always says, hey, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? Mm -hmm. And so my question is, hey, does the Holy Spirit have space in your life to change you, uh, to form you? And what I would add to that is, if not, what's getting in the way of that? Yeah. It's it's not, I mean, 
I guess technically it is bad long term to you know to have those barriers. It's even worse though to not even acknowledge it so that you can do something with it. Right. So yeah, in addition to what you said was the Holy Spirit saying to you, does he have access to speak to any area of your life? If he doesn't, what are the barriers? I like to ask what instead of why, because sometimes why brings the emotion into it. Mm -hmm. And we try, and it's sometimes actually easier to get excuses, you know, and that when we say what, it helps us to be a little more objective. It helps us to be a little more specific. Well, maybe it's control. Uh, Maybe it's trust. Maybe it's like you said, false narratives you've had because of the experiences we've had at the hands of people. And then we tie our very real mm-hmm. experiences, but we equate it to that of the Lord. And so and I've had to be very careful in doing that too, because we live in a fallen world right? and we're going to come across people who are just like, Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a representation of what the church would be like or what Christ is like. And if this is the Christ, then I don't want it. Right. And Mm -hmm. I've had to be like, okay, not everything is a representation. And sometimes you just, I feel like I've I've gotten a lot of words, you know, um, the other word, like, I feel like the Lord has really kept bringing up is the word grace, Mm -hmm. you know? So even for moments of fallenness, let there be grace and realize maybe they are doing the best they can, you know? And a person should never dictate how you worship God. Mm. Right? Um, Meaning? So when I was a teenager, I kind of fell away from the faith. Um, I grew up in a Christian household, and I fell away from the faith, and... I actually, um, at a point in my life, was looking at converting to um, the Islam faith. Mm -hmm. And I was seriously talking to a friend of mine about it, you know, because, like, I hung out with a group of people, and they were all Muslim. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, on the outside, it just looked great to me, you know? And um, but part of the reason I walked away from um, um, the Christian faith or considered even like converting to Islam is because of the people, right? I was just like, man, if this is what God's people are like, then I don't want nothing to do with it. Never did I say if this is what God is like, Mm. right? I was like, if this is what God's people are like, and if this is the church, then I want nothing to do with it. I would rather have something that looks good on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when the Lord really got a hold of my heart, I remember making a promise to him. I'm just like, God, I will never let people be the reason why I step away from your presence. So people are going to people <laughs> at the end of the day, people will always people. And if my faith in God is cemented on how they're acting, I will never experience the goodness of God. I will never, ever experience the goodness of God if how they act is predicated on how I follow Christ. Yeah. So I made a decision a long time ago. I'm like, people are not going to be the reason why I step away. You know, and there's been challenges that have come. And like, and I'm very thankful because like, I feel like as challenges has arised, we've loved 
the local church even more. Mm-hmm. You know, we've loved God even more. And not to like toot my own horns, like, oh, I love God, you know? Yeah, yeah. But like, never let someone, a human being who is flawed and who is like you, because you're flawed too. Mm-hmm. You make mistakes. You slip and fall all the time. I do too. I'm not just saying you, but me too, you know. Um, but I don't ever want my relationship with Christ to be predicated off of the action of someone else. Mm. And But now if I see something good, I'm just like, man, that is such a Christ-like thing, you know. It's like, let it add mm-hmm. to what I already know Christ to be instead of take away, mm-hmm. you know. So we've We've experienced a few changes just within our campus and our church and a statement and challenges too. Um, a statement I've been using quite a bit with our team uh, and I can't take credit for this. Uh, I'm not the smart thing of a statement like that, <laughs> but uh, Pastor Joel Brooks said that as pastors, you have the responsibility to right size a problem. Mm-hmm. Essentially what he's saying is when something first takes place, it might feel like this. It's, it's, it's this big. But once you take a step back and go, okay, I know this is what it feels like. When you start getting objective about it, maybe this is what actually took place. So it doesn't take, it doesn't mean that you don't feel the weight of a hardship or a trial or something challenging that's in front of you. But when you really start going like, okay, I know it feels like this, but this is actually what happened. It starts kind of condensing. And because you're able to right size it and now feels manageable and because it feels manageable, you now can approach it with a little more confidence. And also a little more grace. Mm-hmm. Essentially, babe, as you're sharing your story, that's pretty much what you've done. And I went back as early as, what, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You took a step back to go, this individual, this person hurt me, but it doesn't mean that the Lord has. Right. You, you did not hold God accountable for the mishaps of his people because you took ownership with your own perspective to right size the problem it did not mean that you weren't any less hurt right but it did help you to manage the the spiritual mental emotional wounds that came with it yeah and so i just want to just want to encourage people where you too may have been hurt i just want to challenge the term church hurt yeah i understand what that means i know exactly what it means when people say that usually when people say church hurt it's typically, in, in every story, I can honestly say this, in every story when I get people's stories about how they have been wounded, usually it's not the entire church. It's usually one to a handful of individuals that has hurt them, and it's been in key leadership positions. Whether it's the pastor, whether it's someone who was over a small group, an elder, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it does not minimize or take away the pain or the wounds that you have gone through. This could be in a family. It doesn't have to be in church. Too. Mm-hmm. It can be in the workplace. Um, it doesn't take away from those wounds. But do we take a step back and instead of saying, I have church hurt, it's I have hurt that happened to be conducted from the church. Or is it from individual? Correct. Or do you say, I have individual hurt? Well, you can say, I've been hurt by people from the church. Yeah, people. Correct. But I've also been hurt by people from Walmart. <laughs> so do I have Walmart hurt? Right. Or I've been hurt by people from families. Yeah. You know, from, from, you know, from a family. However it is we want to say it. 
it's not excusing by any it, one it's definitely not excusing or okaying whatever that person did towards you let me be very clear it's not saying that it's just saying do we take a step back to go i mean you've heard me share this story multiple times i'll use it for another time but my first two years in the army was not kind to me mm-hmm and I really struggled with anybody pretty much who outranked me mm-hmm. because up until that point, I was hurt and burned by people who outranked me from captain above. And mm-hmm. so I just thought the worst of everybody, which, you know, me, I don't think like that. No. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm yeah. very innocent till guilty. Even if I've heard horror stories, I, everyone gets a clean slate. Yeah. But and when it came to that, if you were a captain above, I was a second lieutenant at the time, you know, the lowest ranking officer as a commission officer, um, and so if you were a captain above, I just didn't trust you. I thought the, the worst of you. Um, I thought you were a total D-bag, honestly, until you can prove to me elsewise. Yeah. And the Lord really had to show me three years being removed from it, by the way, to literally go, Mark, you have officially spent more time in the Army than not to recognize that there are captains, majors, and lieutenant colonels who don't treat you the way the first two people did. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I had a classism issue. Mm-hmm. No other area in my life did I ever struggle with that. I've never had a racial issue. I've never had a gender issue. But I had a classism issue. If you outranked me, I thought you were, you were a total jerk. You gave me, you had to prove your, your, your worthiness. Your basically. captainness. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Like you had to give me a reason as to why I can trust you. Yeah. Never in any other area of my life did I ever operate like that. And at that point, I had quantifiable data. To back that up, too. Yeah. Because my first two years, I was wounded at the hands of people of a certain rank. I carried that for mm-hmm. so many years. And the Holy Spirit really convicted me of that. Point is, it didn't take away the pain, but it did help me to manage it because I had not right-sized it. Yeah. And so I, I just want to kind of help people, I guess, address that is acknowledge you have to acknowledge the the pain and the wounds that 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 you have but part of acknowledging it too is also accurately assessing it correct let's right size it you know i told you a couple weeks ago because you know i'm over four services some things didn't go right um granted it was a big issue but i recognize it only happened in one service you know what i mean yeah and so when i said that i'm like one out of four is actually pretty good mark yeah of what the 52 correct weeks (laughs) and that's it right that's the bigger that's even the bigger picture it's so as i have to say um when you shared that thank you because it's a reminder of part of how we find healing and surrender to the lord is that we have the responsibility to right size whatever hardship challenge wounds spiritual mental emotional injuries we have Mm -hmm. we have the challenge to right size it so that we can bring it to the Lord. And as you are struggling, not if, when you do struggle, be okay with acknowledging that. It's, yeah. that, it's that prayer that that father said when he went to Jesus and he's asking Jesus to heal his daughter. And Jesus' first question is, do you believe? And he says, I want to believe, Lord. Help me with my unbelief. The amount of times I've said that. But what a beautiful, honest prayer. Yeah. That's my point. Like, if you're struggling to bring that to the Lord, you can say that. Yeah. Like, we... Your heavenly father is not fragile or petty going, I don't know what to do with your unbelief. I don't know what to do with your lack of faith in this moment. He's not. Yeah. If anything, he welcomes it. And so I just, I just want to commend you and thank you, not just for giving us the gift of your vulnerability and sharing that story, 
But it's a reminder that essentially what you're saying is part of complete abandonment and surrender is to also take on some form of responsibility of saying, I have to right size the pain of what I'm feeling. Because when you right size it, it's manageable now. Yeah. And I'm going to say something. I think sometimes we don't want to do it because we feel like the pain is owed to us. Like it, the pain is comfortable because it gives us a reason. It's a security blanket. Correct. Yeah. It gives us a reason to opt out. And I just want to challenge that. That's a whole different topic, but that's where the whole identity piece comes in. Because if you need that to be your identity, then baby, we need to, Yeah. we need to have a conversation because what happened to you and the things you've been called is not your identity. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. The security blanket that you're so deeply holding onto, it's not your identity. And you've got to find out what God says about you. And I think that's, I, I need to stop saying, I think I know that's when like you end up staying in situations longer than you need to, mm-hmm. because you have no idea who, who Christ calls you to be. Yeah. Right. Cause that was my biggest thing. It's just like, I did not trust Christ to be the Lord of my life, mm-hmm. to let go of just being like, mm, you know, like you take care of it. You mm-hmm. know, I did, I like, I'm willing to admit that I didn't fully trust him. I still want to control over how I thought my life should play out. And it constantly felt like, have you seen that sport? I think it's called water logging, or maybe that's what the, you know, spies do to other people. But no, that's, it's li- no, that's waterboarding. Oh. So, you, so you're probably correct the first time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> the, the movie stuff, that's waterboarding for sure. <laughs> okay. So it might actually be called water law. You might be right. <laughs> okay. I think that's what it's called. But essentially, like, they're on, like, you know, water. And mm-hmm. there's, like, a log. And you're, like, literally just running mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to stay on it without you know falling into right, water as as possible. and that's what a lot of my life has felt like when I was just like I got this mm. you know mm-hmm. so like if you find yourself in a place where you're like I don't know if I trust God or I don't know if what is being said about me is true um, I would really challenge you to find your identity in what Christ says about you. Because when you start to believe that you matter to God, you start conducting yourself differently. Mm. You conduct yourself accordingly. Like, if I know I matter to you, and, like, as your wife, that I can show up, you know, and that you'll answer my call, you'll Mm. answer my text, you know, like, when I know my place and my identity as your wife, I conduct myself in that manner. I don't know if I'm well, well, you know, I don't want to bug him or yeah. like, oh, I don't want to show up to his dinner because that's where all his bosses will be. You know, it's like, no, because I'm married to him, I am invited mm. to the same table. Mm. You know, I am invited to have access to his life, to his friends. So and, you come with comfort and confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Before we wrap up, I do want you to end. Oh no! With um, let's not end. <laughs> I know. Actually, this, this is really good. Oh no! But, but oh no! <laughs> oh no! 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 The number one song on TikTok, probably. Um, 
I would love for you to kind of explain a little bit more of your analogy in the message you're about to give uh, on Wednesday with the clay. The clay is silent. And I'm like, oh, there's a message in that because this clay is silent while the Lord speaks. <laughs> but go ahead and kind of break down the um, just the significance behind, you know, how clay is used, how it's molded, how it's formed, but the, the process. Of yeah. It. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I am no potter by any means. I am a fake potter. I'm a fodder. <laughs> Sure. Hopefully, hopefully that's not a word, like a bad word or anything. I don't think it is. <laughs> I'm a filter. F-A-U-X. Okay. All right. Moving on. But essentially, like what really started this for me, it actually started a couple of months ago, um, back in August. Um, we were sitting at worship, and I don't know if you were preaching or if it was just worship time, but like I looked to the front of the altar. I think you were preaching. Um, I looked at the front of the altar and I immediately saw like the stool with a clay sitting on it. Mm. And the Holy Spirit was like, this was you when you first came to me. And I'm not gonna lie, my immediate thought was like, mm, not bad, you know, like, cool, a clay. <laughs> and like immediately the Holy Spirit was like, but I still had to work on you, mm. right? So. There is the process of throwing the clay, you know, on the wheel. And, like, I always think it can be comfortable for the potter, too, right? Like, they're putting all of their effort onto it and the way they're sitting. And I'm just like, pottery doesn't look comfortable, mm -hmm. but they're putting their, the potter is putting all its effort to it. work. Yeah, yeah, you know? So there's, like, the kneading and... Then you start like doing this forming thing. It. Yeah, I was yeah. Just like, what is this thing called? Yeah, you know, I know what you, mean. you start forming it, and then there are specific tools that you take where you start kind of like, you know, putting notches into it and taking extra pieces and forming other things and bending it. And sometimes it's like, hey, there's just too much clay. So they have to take a knife and just kind of cut off the excess part of it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's a process, and you like, the potter has to have some sort of vision for where it's going as well. And so I was just like, all right, cool. Like I kept thinking about that. Then I was just like, but it doesn't end there. Then you have to go through the firing process, which to me is just like, oh, golly, like after all the kneading, after all the reshaping, we still got to go to the firing process, you know? But I was looking up why the firing process was so important and uh, I was just like, why don't I just leave it out by the sun and just mm. let it do its thing? It's just, so the whole concept of firing is that you expose it to such deep heat that it will become one unified piece. Mm. Right? Like the heat in the, I think it's called a kill, kill, something like that. Um, it gets so hot in there that it becomes one cohesive piece. Because if not... If water gets on it, yeah. then the clay will start melting away mm. if you don't fire it, right? The wa uh, the clay will start melting away, and it's kind of, all right, you know, mm -hmm. right, kind of going back to its original place. But once the firing is done, the water doesn't affect it. It can be used with water. Like if you go to like another country, they'll, you'll notice like they put water in clay jugs. And that's because it's gone through the firing process of going through deep heat and setting and being firmed up. 
and whatever like even though it absorbs water it does not affect it mm. whereas if a you know a pot that was not fired you put water in it that water is going to affect the yeah. shape the um like everything the um, you know master has done mm-hmm. the potter has done mm-hmm. it's going to affect it wow so and the other thing i love like as i was just kind of sitting here and thinking about it i was just all like man there is things about you know there's things about it it's just like okay it went from this lump of clay to this it had to go through a process it had to go through a vision you know from the potter mm-hmm. and but the thing is the greatest thing is when you look at the bottom of anything like a claymate most times it's always marked mm. it's always marked with who the potter is so you will never have to question hey who does this belong to mm. It's, it's been marked. It's like, hey, we went through the process, and the potter's name is on there. So, yeah, I'm excited. I only have, like, five minutes. It's like a quick little sermonette, yeah. and I'm hoping not to throw up as I speak. You're, you're going to do great, but what you just said in that illustration is that you are marked. Yeah. Like, you need to know who's watching and listening. You're marked by the potter, and that the potter will intentionally either place us or allow us to be in fiery situations. The word I cannot get off that you said is to make you whole, mm-hmm. to make you one piece. You've heard me say this, the Hebrew for that is shalem, not to be mixed up with shalom. Shalom is peace. Shalem is, is wholeness or, or complete or oneness, which is actually the desire in the heart of the Father. Yeah. The Lord doesn't want us to be in pieces. He wants you in peace. Oh, <laughs> okay, Doctor Sits. <laughs> Man, babe, that's that's great. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, I know we don't do this every time, but I feel like this is necessary. Would you mind just closing us out in prayer and just praying over? I guess just everyone who might feel um, overwhelmed, maybe for them to also have a heart of complete surrender. Yeah, of just of what does it look like for us to trust the Lord again? Um, so yeah, just. However, as you feel, it doesn't have to be long. Um, yeah, we just want to close yeah. this out. Sure. Um, Heavenly Father, I know one of the um, songs that used to always get me through last year was the words, um, So I stand here with arms, eye, and heart abandoned, Lord God. So, Lord, I pray for everyone who is listening right now, Lord, that they would find themselves in this posture of arms high, heart abandoned, Lord God in awe of who you are, Lord God. Lord, I stand in gap for anyone who's struggling right now to believe that you are who you say you are. God, continue to remind them who they are. Remind them that you have a plan and a purpose, Lord God. And even when it hurts, Lord God, that you are doing a good thing, Lord God. Just like the analogy of the potter, like there's processes that you have to put us through in order to give us a firm foundation to firm us up so that we can handle when the water is thrown at us or when life happens, Lord God. Um, So God, I just pray whoever may be struggling that you are with them, Lord, and remind them it's okay to take it one day at a time, 
one step at a time, that you don't expect us to have it all figured out, Lord God, that you are patient, that you are kind, and you walk with us through this, Lord God, that you are right beside us, Lord, the things that have happened to us that have marred our um, souls, Lord God, that it grieves you, Lord God. Um, We just thank you for who you are, Lord God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for shaping us. Thank you for molding us, Lord God. Thank you for being a patient father, a patient friend, for being a confidant in all of our lives, Lord God. We thank you and we bless you in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Well, guys, we are so thankful that you guys dropped in. Uh, Please, please don't forget if you haven't yet. Comment maybe your biggest takeaway. Leave a like and review on Apple and Spotify, all that good stuff. Y'all can tag us too, at mark.k.benton2 and at Juby, not Judy. But we love you guys. And uh, screenshot us, tag us. We'd love to love to hear from you guys. And also, if you got feedback, questions, you want to ask us, topic ideas, please, please place it. But um, we are so thankful for you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day, babe. This was wonderful. Seriously. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Love you. Hey, we love you guys as well. And we will catch y'all on the next one. Bye-bye. Peace out, guys.